where we need to go to get the message out that uh, the Lord's put on my heart for today. And uh, we all pray. Uh, God's word does not return void, but it does accomplish wherein that it is sent. Uh, and I thank him for that. I thank God for the power in his word, the spoken word, the preached word, the taught word. Uh, we're going to let God have his way uh, this morning. If you're there, say amen. Luke chapter 6, verse 27, But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other, and him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank of you? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Given, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And he spake a parable unto them, Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they both not fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but every one that is perfect shall be as his master. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but receivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote out that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly <clears throat> to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. For a good tree bringeth forth not good fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do gather figs, figs nor a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And why call you me Lord, Lord, and not do, do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for hearing us when we pray, bringing us back together in your house. Help us, Lord, to know your will, that it's perfect, your way, that it's right. And beside you, there's none other we can turn to. Thank you, Lord, for your precious word. And help us, Father, to deliver it today in power, Lord, in a way that you want it delivered. Lord, I know your word never returns void. And I thank you, Father, for that today. Now, <clears throat> let your will be done in all things. Give us strength for this journey and help us in every passing day. And, Father, we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 49, I want to give you a little verse of scripture here. Uh, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, 
then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. That's James chapter 3 and verse number 17. And when we think about wisdom, I've thought about wisdom so much over the last several years, and I guess the older I get, I start to evaluate myself wondering if I have any. Uh, but I believe there is wisdom. There is the wisdom of this world, which the Bible says will come to nothing. Uh, and then I believe there is the wisdom that is from above. Now, we need that wisdom that is from above. We need direction from God. We need leadership from God. And understanding here just sort of lay a foundation for this message. When Jesus came to earth, he brought down the wisdom that is from above. That's what Jesus is. Jesus came to this world. He's God. He's 100% God. And he's 100% man all at the same time. And as you read the Bible, especially in the, uh, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus was constantly teaching those who followed him in this world. He was constantly teaching them things that they needed to know. God, in Jesus' name, is teaching us today things that we need to know. Now, sometimes the things that are best for us are the hardest for us to apply to our lives. It's hard for us to actually do things sometimes that make good common sense. But I believe the wisdom that is from above gives you that common sense. And that's what God teaches us. God is teaching people here uh, in Jesus the things that they need to be doing to live the life that God desires for us to live. I believe God desires for us to live uh, a different kind of life than we lived before we got saved. And the only way that we'll understand what God expects is to read his word and to follow uh, the teachings of Jesus Christ. I mean, this is not about the teachings of the Baptists or the Presbyterians or the Holiness or the Methodists because if they're right with God, if all of them are right with God, they're following the teachings of this man. They're following the teachings of Jesus Christ. And I believe we have got to understand what the teachings of Jesus Christ are. And it's not just enough to hear the word. We must do the word. We must carry the word out as we go through this life. So let's look at verse 27. But I say unto you which hear. Do you have an ear for God? Do you hear what God says to you? Uh, I remember Sister Doris Dunn's funeral. Uh, went over to Weaver Funeral Home, and I got to praying about that, and I thought, Lord, what can I say uh, to honor Doris? Because Doris was a great woman. And the Lord began to deal with me just by the fact that she wrote songs about the Lord, and God began to deal with me and showed me Doris had an ear for God. She did. She heard God. She listened to God. God had her ear. And I believe that for every one of us, God needs to have our ear. God needs to have our complete undivided attention. He needs our ear. And if God's got your ear, he can teach you something. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse number 17. Now, we've all run into these situations before to where uh, we have people, and I know there's this great debate today, uh, and really there always has been ever since Pentecost about tongues, about speaking in tongues. Uh, well, I believe that if you go back to the book of uh, Acts and you read about the day of Pentecost, that Pentecost was a lot more about hearing than it was about speaking. It wasn't that they were speaking in a different language. I believe they spoke in a language 
that was their native tongue and everybody heard them in their own language. So hearing is what it's all about. If God's got your ear, he can teach you something. If God's got your ear and you are reading his word and it's not just words on paper to you, I believe that if we will listen to his words, that faith will increase in our life. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. Now, as Jesus begins to teach these people, I believe that we can all take his teaching and we can apply it to our lives individually. There are things that we need to understand going through life because life is what it is. There's some things that we're going to have to have that we're going to have to deal with, period. Let's take it verse number 27. But I say unto you, <clears throat> which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take away thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask him not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank of ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank of ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank of ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he, is the, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Now there's a little thing here about life, verses 27 to 36, that we've got to learn how to do, and that's deal with your enemies. Deal with your enemies. Anybody got an enemy? Let me give you a definition of what an enemy is. An enemy is one who hates another and wishes him injury. Or attempts to do him injury to gratify his own will or malice. You know of anybody in a world like that right now that wants to hurt other people? You see, I, I, I really believe that Jesus here is teaching his disciples this because there was going to be a lot of people in their lives that wanted to kill them, wanted to take them away, wanted to take them out. How do you deal with your enemies? You pray for them. You do good for them. You will never overcome evil with evil, but you only overcome evil with good. Period. And that's what Jesus is teaching here. Let's see what he says. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. Now that's kind of hard to do, ain't it? Somebody curses you, you turn around and say, bless you in the name of the Lord. I'm praying for you. Now, that's hard to do. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care how many years you've spent in church. That's hard to do. For unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. Ever heard the old saying, turn the other cheek? So if he smacks me on the right jaw, I'm going to turn that left jaw over here and say, here, hit this one too. And be, be nice about it. See, that's what Jesus is teaching here. And you see how hard this is to apply? I mean, you think about what Jesus Christ could have done during the time that he was being scourged, beaten, and put on the cross. He had at his disposal, no doubt, 10,000 legions of angels that could come down and rescued him off that cross, but he didn't do it because he loved those people more than that. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. See, Jesus not only taught things, he lived it out. I mean, he practiced what he preached, and he's teaching his disciples these things, and he wanted them to pay attention because they were going to need to know. 
these things. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take away thy coat also. That's two different garments that you've got. Uh, a cloak is what's worn over clothing uh, in a very loose fashion. Uh, and then there's a coat that goes over top of that, sort of like an overcoat. Uh, but you think about if somebody comes and they take that away from you, uh, then you just go ahead and give them your coat too. That's kind of hard to do, isn't it? But thank God that's what Jesus taught us uh, to do. And as you would that men should do to you, do also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank you? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank you? For sinners also do even the same. So you're not any better than a sinner. Right? If you love people that love you, Jesus loves a world that can't stand it. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that much. Jesus was willing to come to this world <clears throat> and give his life so that we could have life and have it more abundantly in his name. So if you do good to them and do good to you, what thank you for sinners also do even the same. And if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank you for sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. In other words, whatever you do, don't expect anything in return. You love them while they love you back. You do for them while they do anything back for you. You do exactly what you're going to do, and you've got to be exactly what God would have you to be. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Now you think about mercy, how great mercy is. Uh, merciful means to be compassionate, it means to forgive, and it means to be unwilling to punish for injuries. Uh, in other words, you wouldn't even consider it. You wouldn't even consider hurting somebody. That's not an option for you. You don't have this attitude, I'll get you back. You don't have this attitude, I'll take you down. You don't have that attitude. You're not even willing to consider it. So you think about what Jesus is teaching here and how his disciples needed it. And I thank God personally that God had somebody standing by that was listening and he told them, you need to sit down and write this down. Because there's generations of people after these guys that are going to need to hear this. We need to hear it. I believe when God in Jesus' name was preaching this word, he had Luke sit down and write all this stuff down. And as he wrote all this stuff down, he was looking down through time and he said, there's some people at Shiloh on a July morning on 2021 that are going to need to hear these exact words. We live in a world that is full of so much hate and evil that can only be overcome through the love of God. And that if there's one thing that's missing in our world right now, it's the love of God. And we need to see the love of God because with the love of God comes the mercy of God. Quit, quit, quit putting other people down. Quit trying to think you're just going to get even with them. Uh, and there, is there evil in the world? Is there bad people in the world? Yes, and there always will be because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world uh, that is not doing even close to what God says. So I believe we've got to deal with our enemies. <clears throat> They're out there. You've got to do it. You're going to deal with them one way or another. We've all got them out there. You've all got somebody out there trying to hurt you. I mean, you go to work every day, there's always going to be somebody out there trying to overthrow you in your job. How do you deal with those people? You kill them with kindness. That's how you deal with those people. 
You let those people know that you're praying. Do you realize when you put these things into practice, and, and I've actually done it before. I've actually put these things into practice, uh, and I have seen that it turns away a lot of wrath. Try it sometime. Somebody gets on you, they'll be amazed at how kind you can be to them. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Given it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now here's talking about and teaching us about judging others. We've got to be careful about judging other people. Just because they don't do things like you do, that does not mean they're wrong. I hear a lot of people, did you see that new church that come up down the road? They don't do things like we do. Well, I got news for you. Jesus said that groups would come up. Jesus would say, if they're not against us, they're for us. We'd leave them alone. They don't listen to the same kind of music we do. They don't do things the same way. They don't dress like we do. That don't mean they're wrong. They don't cut their hair like we cut our hair. That don't mean they're wrong. You got to be careful about that judging others. Judging others based on what you see, we have to leave the judgment unto God. I mean, the Bible teaches us clearly that God has committed all judgment into the hands of his son. He don't need your help. If God ever needed my help judging somebody, he'd let me know. God has yet to ask me to help him judge anybody. In over 30 years of living for God, I have never had God ask me to help him judge anybody. Because we judge based on the outward appearance but God is looking directly on the heart. And you deal with your enemies by not judging your enemies. And really, judging really can be uh, something that people really enjoy uh, because they get with their buddies and they gang up on them. You ever notice that when somebody gangs up on somebody and everybody jumps in? Uh, Mike Sage was talking about one time going to see a chicken farmer and he went through these big long buildings, had chickens in there, and he got all the way to the end of the buildings and he looked out there and he saw the biggest pile of dead chickens he'd ever seen in his life and when he got out there he asked that farmer said what in the world happened with that he said well what happens is one chicken will start pecking another one until he draws blood and when he draws blood every other chicken in the house will jump on it and kill it that's the way chickens do and if you ain't real careful you'll find a lot of church people that way too they just peck 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 until they draw blood and then everybody else will jump on them and kill them don't get in that crowd don't get in that number we're to help one another and I believe that Jesus here is teaching us the danger of judging other people. Give and it shall be given you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. With the same measure that ye meet, shall it be measured to you again. Uh, sort of like putting seed or something like that in a bag. You ever seen anybody do that? And they pick the bag up and they shake it to make it all go down to the bottom. And then they press it down. Anybody ever uh, remember packing a tobacco basket? Anybody ever pack a tobacco basket? Uh, anybody ever bail tobacco? I've, I've seen that, and I've, so I've watched them uh, uh, pack them old backer baskets, and, man, they'd get up over their knees, and they'd go around in a circle, and they'd pack that thing down where you'd get anything, all the backer they could get in that thing, and they would jack that jack that car bumper jack down on that, uh, on that uh, bale of tobacco, uh, and, and they'd pack it down to get all in there that they could to get all the weight. That's what God does. He's just going to press it down. Just going to keep compacting it to get everything in the bag that he can get in the bag. And I believe that's what uh, we'll have. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that ye meet, it shall be measured 
uh, to you again. I want to ask you today, how big is your measuring device? What, what do you use to measure? You got a measuring cup? How big is it? Do you have any limits? Well, I only go up to that line right there. Think about it. For with the same measure that ye meet, shall it be measured to you again? Why don't God give me more? You may not be given as much as he may be giving you back exactly what you're given. Right? So what is your measuring device? How, how, how do you measure things? Uh, I, I truly believe today that God is able to bless us, uh, and sometimes we don't give what we should. I believe God will, God will show us that. God will help us with that. We don't give as we should. And uh, giving is, is, is a lot more than just money. We're so hung up on money. Money makes the world go around. We're so hung up on money. It ain't all about money. It's more about what we do and how we give of ourselves and how we make ourselves available. God's not as interested in your ability as he is in your availability. So God will help you. I believe that he will. And if I measure out something, uh, that'll be measured to me uh, back again. Uh, in verse number 39, he spake a parable, Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they know the ball fall in the ditch? The disciple's not above his master, but every man that is perfect shall be as his master. Uh, the blind can't lead the blind. They both fall in the ditch. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Uh, the way that I sort of perceive this is you've got two fellows here and one of them has got this beam protruding out of his eye that's probably 10 foot long and then you've got the other guy that's got a little pebble of dirt in his eye and the guy with the big beam in his eye is trying to reach and grab a hold of the moat in the other guy's eye, the little speck of dust and he can't reach it because the beam's too long. Take a long hard look at yourself before you start throwing rocks at somebody else. See, I believe that's what Jesus is teaching his disciples here. They, his disciples were going to run upon a whole lot of people that were not going to be the people that they thought they should be. We're going to run upon a whole lot of people in this world that are not going to be the people that we think they ought to be. But we've got to love those people. And I believe that we are not to judge those people. Uh, now, I understand. You know a tree with a fruit it bears. That's perfectly fine. I understand all that. But we are not to judge that individual. That's up to God. And Jesus teaches these people this, and I thank God that we have it here. Uh, so sometimes we've got so many things going on in our heart, we can't even see what's, we've, we've, got, we've got our focus so much on what other people are doing wrong, and we can't even see what we're doing wrong. Because, and sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I believe we're looking for something worse than somebody else than we're doing. And somehow that justifies us pointing their problems out. That ain't the way this works. If Jesus had looked at me that way, he would have never saved me. If Jesus had seen me that way and picked apart every little thing wrong with me, he would have never saved me. He could have never justified it. But thank God, I'm glad that he looked beyond uh, my worthiness and he saw what I really needed. Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye, thou hypocrite. Cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. So we've got to take care of the things that we have going on in our heart and in our life before we start picking on everybody else. And again, God is the judge. We've got to let God 
do all these things and, and let him carry it out. Uh, because, you know, Jesus spoke a parable once about wheat and tares. And as he spoke about the wheat and the tares, the disciples wanted to go out and just pull them all up. Just let, let us go out there and pull all these tares up and get rid of them for you. He said, no, let them grow together. Because when you start pulling up tares, you're going to pull some wheat up with it. See, that's the reason I've seen this happen in church. I've seen it happen in church, and I've had people come to me and said, Brother, you need to do something about that one over there. Or you need to do something about that one over there. You need to do something about that back one up there. You better be careful about going and rooting people up. And that's what I always tell people. Look, that individual may not be living the way that they're living, but they got a family member sitting beside them that's just as fine as they come. Now, you pull them up, you're going to pull them up with them. You know, and it ain't my job to go out there and pull people up out of the house of God and run them off. That ain't my job. God didn't call me to do that. And I'll tell you one thing now. You may look at them and say, you need to do something about that individual or you need to do something about that individual. And I'm not saying that it's ever happened here because as far as I know, it hasn't. Uh, but I've been in churches where I've been pretty much told, you need to take care of that. And I tell them, I said, that ain't my job. That ain't my job. I mean, that's not my responsibility. I'm not to go out there and try to judge everybody uh, and do things in a way that I want that done, uh, but I am to let God take care of that. Uh, and Jesus said in the judgment day that God's going to gather it all together, and then he's going to start separating it. And he's going to separate or divide the wheat from the tares. The wheat he's going to put in the barn, and the tares he's going to burn them up with unquenchable fire. So a lot of things to happen there. So we've got to be careful about judging others. Now, um, it, it, it's hard sometimes, and I'm talking about from politicians, preachers, and just somebody that occupies a pew. We get our eye on somebody, and we'll just lay into them. That's not your job. It's not my job. I mean, you think about Jesus when he went to the well and the Samaritan woman was there. And his disciples came up. What did they say? What are you doing talking to her? What are you doing talking to her? There was a lot of times that Jesus found himself in a position that people didn't understand why he was even there. Why he was even there. Thank God. Aren't you glad that God came to you? And all the demons of hell, what are you even here for? You shouldn't be giving this woman a time of day. But thank God he was not judging her because he saw beneath all that. How about the woman that came to him and they had taken her, caught her in the very act of adultery? Well, there's Baptist fodder right there. I don't care who you are. They'd be ready to run her off, run her out of town. She's broke every bylaw we've got, but oh, they don't know anything about mercy. They don't know anything about grace. So she comes and he starts looking around and says, whoever's among you without sin, you just go ahead and throw the first rock. You get it started. You just go ahead and start the stoning process. Stoop down, wrote on the ground. Nobody will ever know what he wrote on the ground. The Bible doesn't record it. I personally believe that he wrote the man's name down they caught her with. Then he got back up, looked around, they were all gone. Woman, where's your accusers? I don't have any. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. <coughs> so, you know, we, we think about that, 
and we see what Jesus did. You know, and I know back a few years ago, there was this thing that was widely publicized and people wear it around their neck, wear it on shirts. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, I want to change that a little bit. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? How would Jesus handle things in the world right now? If he were here on planet Earth, how would he do things? Think about that. I believe that God is able to help us through this, but we've got to leave all the judgment unto him. Verse number 43, For a good tree bringeth forth not corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a brandable bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. Out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. He got good and bad fruit. And you're going to find it all over the world. There is nothing worse than to see a basket of bad fruit. Nothing worse. I mean, you, you think in a lot of times what people do uh, that are selling fruit, if they got some bad fruit that they'll take the top ones off and they put the bad ones at the bottom and they put it on, on the top of it uh, with, with the good fruit. Uh, it draws flies. I mean, it, they're, they're bruised and it's just withering away and there ain't nothing good about it. Uh, but Jesus compares us a whole lot of times to a tree uh, and whether the fruit is good uh, or the fruit is bad. And I believe that he's the fruit inspector. I believe every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down cast into the fire. That's what Jesus said. Uh, but every tree that bringeth forth good fruit, uh, he purges it that it might bring forth more fruit. Uh, so don't be upset when God may be purging you. He may be clipping some things back off of you. Uh, I found a couple little trees there that uh, we was cleaning out. Uh, There's some of our area there in front of the house. And I uh, found a little couple trees, and I liked them. I, I thought they were nice. So I just dug them up, took them in the backyard, and I planted them. Well, guess what? They still live. It. And I go out there and I clip them. I'll clip and trim all the dead branches off of them, and it just keeps growing. Little fella, he's doing pretty good. And uh, actually, Peyton out there on the lawnmower one day had little red flags right up beside it, and Peyton ran over the flag, the tree, and everything. And I thought, well, there goes my tree. And I went back a couple weeks later, and guess what? There that little fellow was springing right back up there again. So I put two flags up there where he's not. Just put one more flag up there, a uh, red flag, and I pointed out and said, don't run over my tree again. But that little boy's going to make something one day. And sometimes we just got to be trimmed and pruned up a little bit. Uh, and, and thank God that he's able to help us to get through that. So there's good and bad fruit everywhere. I mean, and, and I hate to say this, but sometimes you even go to church, you're going to find good and bad people. You're going to find good and bad people. Our oldest son went to a Christian school, and I told him when I went up there, I said, now, don't you think it's going to be utopia? Don't you think you're going to go up there and you're going to find everything just perfect because it don't work that way? I mean, there's good and bad fruit everywhere you go, but thank God that God's able to get us through that. Uh, and we've got to recognize that. For a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil, of the abundance of his heart, of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Now, just, just for the record, that's why I don't like drinking. I'm going to be honest with you. This is one of the reasons right here that I do not like alcohol, because you put a couple beers in somebody, and we'll see how they start talking. It'll change your heart. Amen. 
And brother, I, I, I believe that today. And of an evil man, of an evil treasure, his heart brings forth evil things. And God's not looking at the outward appearance. God's looking directly at your heart. The Bible said, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I thank God that he lets me know the difference. Uh, and every tree is known by his fruit. I mean, if you're a bad tree, you're not going to bring forth good fruit. You're going to bring forth bad fruit. Uh, and I believe that uh, the fruit that comes forth is a direct result of what is in our heart. That's what it all comes down to. Uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, I can tell you how close you are to the Lord just by listening you talk. Man, it don't take much. It don't take much. I mean, just, just watch people. Let bad times come. You'll find out what's really down in below that rib cage. Let bad times come. Let somebody get on you a little bit. You'll find out what you're made out of. Right? So we've got to keep all this in mind, good and bad fruit. And then Jesus is talking about here, teaching about building on a firm foundation. Now, Tracy and I built a house a couple of years ago. And uh, I washed them like a hawk. I mean, from the first day, they had a piece of machinery up there moving dirt. I stand there watching them. I went up there at lunchtime. I went up there in the evening. I went up there in the morning. I was watching them like a hawk because I knew the best thing that I had was that foundation. If that foundation ain't right, there ain't nothing else going to be right. That foundation has got to be square. It's got to be true. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. That is the chief cornerstone of our foundation. And we have to build on a firm foundation. A house is only as strong as the foundation that it's sitting on. And I believe that we must understand that. Now, let's go to verse number 46. And why call you me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Now, we're talking about here uh, the wisdom that is from above. And why are you calling me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? See, it's one thing to say, yep, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord, but do you do what he says? Do you really follow his teaching? Do you really do and handle things the way, well, I'm not perfect, don't judge me. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what God is able to bring about in our lives. And Jesus here is saying, if you're not going to do what I'm teaching you, if you're not going to do what I say, then don't call me Lord. That's what he's saying. Don't call me Lord because I'm not your Lord. I believe that being a Christian means that you are in full surrender. Right? You ever seen anybody do this in church? Now, outside of church, you either just got arrested or you've got somebody with a gun in your back. You put your hands up. That's surrender. That's what that means. So I believe when we put our hands up in church, we're surrendering ourselves to the will of God. Amen. So why call you me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Uh, see, I believe that does mean we must hear the sayings of Jesus and do them. And do them. God did not give us a book full of suggestions. God did not give us a book full of recommendations. God has given us a book full of instruction. And for me, to carry out what I need to carry out, I must follow the instructions. Now, I don't know about you all. Of course, I am a male. I know I'm a male. I have no questions about that. I know I'm a boy. 
I've been a boy since October 26, 1963, and I will be a boy from here on out. But when I think about James chapter number 1, verse number 22, the Bible says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So you see, it's not just enough. <clears throat> it's not just enough to know I need to do the right thing. It's enough to actually do the right thing. Now, th this it, you're, you're like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Now, what you think about what the Bible's saying here? If I got a, I got up this morning, and I, I walked into the bathroom, and I looked in the mirror. And I thought, man, you need to comb your hair. It's, it's, all, it's like a rat's nest. Could that mirror comb my hair for me? I walked in there and said, man, you need to shave. Can that mirror shave me? Nope. It just shows me that I need to shave. I've got to pick up that razor. I've got to apply some shaving cream, and I've got to shave off the, the whiskers off my face. Same thing with my hair. I had to wet it down, comb it down, make it look like it's supposed to look. But you see, if all I'm doing is I'm looking at this and say, yep, I agree with that, I agree with that, I agree with that, I need to do this, need to do this, need to do this. But if I don't do it, I'm just looking at myself like in a natural glass and I go my way and I forget what I was. Folks, I could, I could listen to preaching every week. Every day that I live, I could, I could listen and I do. I mean, I, uh, when I'm at work, I sit, I listen to preachers on YouTube. I mean, I've got several preachers that I actually like listen to, and I listen to them while I'm working. I like preaching. I like because I need the instruction, uh, but I think about uh, the things that Jesus teaches us to do, and for me just to look at myself in a mirror and know that I need to change. I, I've heard people say it all the time. Well, uh, I know I'm not living where I need to live, and I know I need to make some changes. Well, what are you going to do about it? That's up to you. You've got to do that. God points it out. And here's something I'm glad I got over a long time ago. I used to go away from church beating myself up because nobody got saved. It's not my job to save people. I'm not responsible for results. I'm only responsible for giving you the information you need to make the decision that you've got to make. And nobody can do that except you. And I want you to think about what a different world we would live in today if people followed this. Wouldn't it be a lot more pleasant? That would solve your problem of violence in schools. That would solve your problems with violence in our streets. Wouldn't it? If people just do this, why do people kill one another? They're enemies. That would solve a lot of things if people just followed the teachings of Jesus Christ. Now here we have two men build a house and each of these men intending for their house to stand during the storm. I don't think you would build anything 
and think it was going to get knocked down first time a storm comes along. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house, dig deep, laid the foundation on a rock, and when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently beyond that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Uh, we've got to build our lives on something. People are building their lives on, on a lot of things. And there's, there's a lot of educational opportunities out there. And, and, and let me tell you something, folks. Don't, don't, don't sit in here and blame your kid's school teacher for them turning out being a hellion. They started being a hellion before they ever went to kindergarten. That's just the way things are. But, folks, we, we, can't, we can't do it. We've got to build our lives on a foundation. And when I build my life on the foundation of the Word of God, I'll understand more things about me. When I compare myself, you want to compare yourself to somebody? I hear people do this all the time, and I'll be honest with you. I've been out here in the neighborhood, and I've told this many times. I've gone by people's houses. I've talked to them about coming to church, and I can't tell you the number of times I've had somebody say, Do you know how many hypocrites go to church down there? And I always tell them the same thing. Come on, we got room for one more. I don't know if anybody's a hypocrite or not, but I'm going to tell you right now, all of sin comes short of the glory of God. I don't care who you are. You just bring your bad self on down there. I'd like to have a crack at you one time. But that ain't the way this is. Is there any perfect people in here? If you are, raise your hand. I want to see you. I don't even want to shake your hand. I don't want to mess up your little groove. <laughs> Ain't none of us perfect. None of us ever will be perfect. I'll never be able to do everything everybody wants me to do. Never. But my Savior's perfect. And he's with me always, even unto the end of the world. He said he'd never leave me. He'd never forsake me. And I want to build something. I want to build something. I want to know when it's built, it's built right. Tracy and I built that house. I aggravated the life out of them people. I made them tear stuff down, put it back. That ain't the way that's supposed to be done. I ain't going to stand for that, and don't expect me to pay for it either because you messed it up. I was adamant on that, but when we got done, I wanted to know that we had a house that was going to stand the storm. And, folks, when we build our lives on the Word of God, we can have something that will stand the storm but he that heareth and doeth not like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth and against which the stream did vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So people that don't do not build their lives on the word of God, look at the number of people in this world right now that their lives are in shambles. Their lives are in shambles. You know what? And I find this to be true. A lot of times these people that their lives are in shambles, you'll find that Either, number one, they never started living for God. Or number two, they started living for God. Something happened, got them in the wrong direction, and they walked away. You're going in the wrong direction. God won't let me walk away. Try that again. Folks, we're living in times when people have flat out walked away from God. They've walked away from the church. They've walked away from everything that God has ever done for them. But, folks, you want to pattern your life after somebody? I told you a minute ago, there's all kinds of hypocrites out there. Yep, there's hypocrites sitting in a pew this morning. Guarantee it. Everywhere you go. 
That's one thing every church on this planet has got in common. they got a couple of hypocrites sitting in it. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. But the thing about it is, am I going to compare myself to them? Or am I going to compare myself to this man named Jesus? You compare yourself to this man named Jesus. You align yourself with his teaching and you do what he has ordained you and called you to do. And you won't go wrong. You live your life according to the word of God. You forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. It'll make a big difference in your life. People not faithful to God struggle. I believe that. But I appreciate you this morning. I thank God for what he's done. And you notice here that as far as I can tell, uh, both of these houses were hit with the same storm. I don't know that they were different storms, but I do know they were, I believe they were the same storm. The man that built his house upon a rock, a solid foundation, he had a foundation, it stood the storm. But the man that built his house without a foundation just built it right up there on the earth. Storm came, took him away. The stream did beat vehemently uh, upon it. The strongest people that you'll find in this world live their lives according to the word of God. That's the best advice I can give you today. You live it according to the word of God. You ain't going to understand it all. I don't understand it all. Never will understand it all. But I know that God's able to help me through it. And I appreciate that today. So we go back to James chapter 3 and verse number 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Pure. Remember Dove Soap? 99.99999% pure. That's about as close as you can get. I just about imagine some of that Dove Soap ain't even close to being even 99. Then it's peaceable. Then it's gentle. It's easy to be entreated. It's full of mercy full of good fruits it's without partiality and without hypocrisy that's the wisdom that is from above and that's what Jesus brought down with him Jesus brought it down to our level and he teaches it to us here in a way uh, that, that, that we can understand it and uh, when you go back uh, through the Old Testament and you know there was, there was over 600 laws in that old Levitical law 600 commandments there was no way that man could ever keep it up and Jesus came down here and I believe he said let me tell you what this means let me tell you what this means let me tell you how you're to deal with your enemies let me tell you this you people have been trying to figure all this out for years and you still ain't got it but let me tell you how this works and I believe that Jesus brought it down to a level that everybody could understand thank God that he did for little simple people like me. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But I know that God does. And I appreciate his teaching. I, I've often wondered something. What would it have been like to sit at his feet. And listen to him teach. What would it have been like. To hear the gracious words come out of his mouth. Thank God. I believe through the power of the Holy Spirit we can hear from heaven. Dennis, get you to come get us a song there, brother. Thank God for what he's done. Look forward to what he's going to do and understanding that as we look at the wisdom that is from above, uh, it's pure, it's peaceable, gentle, and easy, being treated full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. We apply the teachings 
<clears throat> of Jesus Christ to our lives. And I believe that God will help us every step of the way. I believe that. This, this book that I hold in my hand is not a book full of good suggestions. But it's everything that we need to get through life and apply it to our lives. Let's all stand. Dennis, whatever you have. You know, it's not just enough to say, I know what I need to do. Doing it is something else. And you can't do it without help. You must have the help of God. Let Him have His way in your heart. Maybe you've got an enemy right now you're having to deal with. Somebody that's doing everything in their power to bring ill will to your life. Would you let Him speak to you today? Give you strength, help you? Bring you through it? I know He's able. I know He's able. One more verse, Dennis. Amen. <laughs> 